Well, good morning, everybody. Well, here we are, the first Sunday of another year, 2018. So 2017 passed for me like a blur. I don't know about you. I don't know where 2017 went. I was even I was sitting there this morning thinking, do I remember a thing about 2016? <laughs> nope. I'd really have to I'd have to contemplate that. You know, for the past several years, I've developed this practice of uh, reflecting on the year as it's ending, kind of looking back, thinking about the year, and then looking ahead to the new year and just wondering, you know, what what is that new year going to hold? And as I look back on on the past year, I think about the highlights. You know, like what were the the good things, the wonderful things that happened in that year. And then what were the hard things? What were the difficult things that happened? And I also like to think about the year in terms of change. So like if I look back, did I change over the course of that year? Have I grown in in understanding life? Have I grown in faith and faithfulness? How about in relationships? Have I stagnated? Have I maybe even gone backwards in some area? So as I look to the new year, I'm thinking, you know, what's, what am I hoping for? Like, If 2018, just think about this question as a thought exercise, if 2018 was to be one of the banner years of your life, what would happen? Do you have an imagination for that? Do you have a thought about that? I don't do this, I'm not a, a resolution guy, I don't do this to make a list of resolutions. Um, it's really more of a practice of just sort of checking in with my heart, dreaming a little bit, and then trying to see if there's a sense from God that, is he doing something? Is there something that he's got afoot in this new year? So, you know, there's a way in which we can, in one year, and move into the next year consciously, thoughtfully, with expectation. And there's a way in which we can kind of simply move through life without stopping to reflect on what's happened or to consider what lies ahead. You know that pattern we sometimes get into where one day rolls into the next and then it's a week and then a month and the months roll by and before you know it, the years pass. Well, for a few minutes on this first Sunday of 2018, I want us all together to just take, take some time and reflect. Reflect on what has been and what is coming as we together kind of make our way through life. But I want to start with uh, a little quiz. So uh, are, are there, how many of you like to read? Show of hands. Okay, I see some hands out there. How, are there any classic literature buffs in the room? Anybody? Becky, are you a classic literature buff? No, no ringers in the crowd? All right. So I'm, I'm going to begin to read a piece of famous American literature if you think you know it, if you think you know what it is, and you can identify the author, and nobody in my household that knows what I'm talking about is allowed to participate if they know the answer, and the title, the title of this piece of literature, then just stop me, holler, shout. I know, I know what it is, all right? Next slide there. So two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler, Long I stood and looked down, one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps a better claim, because it was grassy and wondered where, 
Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden back, black. Oh, I kept the rest for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a yellow in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Nope. Okay, we got it. Robert Frost. Has anybody been Googling while I've been talking? No Googling. Robert Frost, okay, what's the name of it? What? The Road Less Traveled. Wrong. That's the one. So this is the most famous poem by famous American poet Robert Frost. Uh, most people think it's titled The Road Less Traveled. There's Somebody wrote a book, The Road Less Traveled, right? But it's really called The Road Not Taken. In the poem, Frost appears to affirm that the road chosen has made all the difference, right? That's what it says. Yet the poem makes clear that the author is sorry he could not travel both and be one traveler, for both were just as fair, and those who had passed before had warned them really about the same. In fact, both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. So author David Orr refers to Frost's work as the most misread poem in America. Next slide. Or says, can you flip? Anybody? Thank you. It's a poem about the necessity of choosing that somehow, like its author, never makes a choice itself, that instead repeatedly returns us to the same enigmatic leaf-shadowed crossroads. So I'm going to let you kind of ruminate on that one. I'm not going to say anything more about the poem. Feel free to ponder it at another time. But, you know, Jesus said many things, not unlike this poem, where the meaning was not entirely clear. Or he, he didn't mean us to take it literally. His Sermon on the Mount has many such sayings, and this morning we're going to look at one uh, in Matthew chapter 7. So this is about the wide and the narrow ways. Go in by the narrow gate, for the wide gate has a broad road which leads to disaster, and there are many people going that way. The narrow gate and the hard road lead out into life, and only a few are finding it. So here Jesus describes two paths to make your way through life. One involves a wide gate that leads out into a broad road that many people take. The other is entered through a narrow gate that leads to a hard road that only a few travel. So this morning, I want us to consider what did Jesus mean by these two ways? The wide gate and the broad road that many travel along and the narrow gate and the hard road that only a few find. And as we consider this together, let me pray. Well, I ask, Father, that you, by your Spirit, would speak truth and words of life to us this morning. And I pray, God, that you would highlight to our hearts those things that you want to highlight. And I pray, God, that our hearts would be receptive to what you're speaking to us this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word 
to contemplate and to ponder and to, to wrestle sometimes with. And so I ask God that you would bring understanding to us as we consider this this morning. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, one possibility is that Jesus is simply talking about those who believe in him versus those who don't. You know, in this way of reading, he's just talking about who's in and who's out. Those who believe in Jesus are on the road that leads out into life. That's where his people will end up when they get to heaven. Those who do not believe in Jesus have chosen the easy way. Unfortunately, this way leads to disaster. Now, it's important to understand the context here. Jesus follows this saying with a warning against false prophets and teachers who look like sheep, but who are really ravenous wolves. And immediately after that, he describes a disturbing scene at the end of the age saying, In that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name and do many great things in your name? Then I shall tell them plainly, I never knew you. Go away from me. You have worked on the side of evil. You know, by what follows Jesus' words about the wide and the narrow gates, we're clued in to the reality that things are not always as they appear. False prophets and false teachers, they look like sheep to us. But they're really devouring wolves. The only way we can tell what they're really like is by the fruit that comes from their lives. And it can take a while for fruit to appear. You know, fruit is not always just an instant thing. And shockingly, on that day, people who it seems are great Christians will be rejected by the Lord. These are people who preached and served in ministry and actually did many great things in Jesus' name. But they're condemned for failing to do the will of the Father. And it's disturbing to me, but Jesus says there are many for whom this will be true. So the point I'm drawing from all of this is that Jesus' meaning in describing two gates isn't necessarily obvious. He's pointing to something deeper. He's pointing to something more subtle. I think that's why he's constantly reminding us, let him who has ears hear. If we want to truly understand what he's saying, we'll have to work at it. Usually means we're going to have to examine ourselves in the process. So let's look at these two ways more closely. We'll start with the broad road. You know, the gate that most people pass through is wide. The road that most people travel along is broad. It's not obvious, though, that the white gate and the broad road lead to disaster. Because if that was obvious, I don't think very many people would choose that way. Now, yes, there are people in life who are just hell-bent on destruction. But the vast majority of people, they want to live a happy life, right? a successful life. They want to be satisfied in life. They want to be healthy. They want to have good relationships. There's not that many people that go out to deliberately screw up their lives. They may make poor choices, but it's not because they knew that the choice at the time was going to be destructive. Think about taking on financial debt, right? Or entering into a relationship. Or devoting time and effort to a hobby or a recreation. You know, we make those choices thinking, hey, this is going to be life-giving, not destructive. 
But often financial debt just becomes a crippling burden. And relationships without healthy boundaries end up hurting us. And the time we spend on hobbies and recreation steals away our best time that could be devoted to spiritual growth. None of this is obvious when we make that choice. Right? Because if it was obvious, we'd, we'd just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Now the hard road. The narrow gate, it's not obvious. It must be sought if we're to find it. And if we manage to find the narrow gate and decide to enter through it, we find ourselves on a hard road. Now I don't know about you, but whenever things don't go as I hope they would, I'm usually thinking, you know, what, what did I do wrong? Like, how did I end up here? Because if I did the right thing, if I'm doing the thing that God wants me to do, shouldn't there be blessing? Shouldn't it be easy? That's kind of a mindset. But this way doesn't give you that immediately feedback that you've chosen that immediate feedback that you've chosen correctly. So you could easily doubt, did I choose the right way? Now, on the contrary, the, the feedback seems to indicate something must be wrong. Because the life we sought, it's not immediately apparent. And the simple fact is, there's just not a whole lot of people who are making a lot of effort to find that narrow gate and enter in just so they can be out there on the hard road. But the truth is, the hard road leads out into life, whereas the broad road leads to disaster. But neither outcome is obvious when we set out on either path. Now here's another potentially disturbing, upsetting thought. There's only two gates. Next slide, please. Back one. There you go. There's one narrow and there's one wide. There's only two roads. There's one hard and one broad. There's only two outcomes. Life and disaster. There's not a middle way, right? There's not a neutral choice. There's no Goldilocks gate that's just right. So Jesus is exhorting his, his followers to seek the narrow gate, and when they find it, to pass through it and persevere on the hard road. And here's the tricky thing, and I think this is the big thought for the morning. To not do this, to not seek it, to not try to find it, is to find ourselves on the broad way. It's not even that we choose the wide gate and the broad way. Simply by not seeking the narrow gate and pressing forward on the hard road, we're actually making a choice. Whether consciously or unconsciously, we're always making a choice. And that's why I titled this message, The Choice Before Us. So there's a lot of challenging words in the Bible. You know, Jesus told his followers, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And Paul instructed us similarly to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So does denying yourself and taking up your cross sound easy? Does working out your salvation with fear and trembling sound easy? Now, Jesus' challenging word to us this morning is to go in by the narrow gate. That's the only way that leads to life. And in order to do this, we're going to have to seek it out. 
and find it. Absent seeking, it's unlikely we will find it. And it seems that to not seek, the narrow gate is to unwittingly find ourselves entering through the wide gate onto the broad road. To not choose to seek, the narrow gate is to unwittingly find the wide gate. So I was thinking of words that could apply to each way. Sort of the narrow gate, hard road. What would be the words that would apply to that? And I came up with these words. Repentant. Forgiving. Humble. Self-denying. Seeking. Sacrificial. And then I was thinking of words that could apply to the wide gate and the broad road. Independent. Self-interested. Bored. Self-reliant. Distracted. Entertained. To move toward the narrow way involves conscious choice. We may have to implement countermeasures to overcome the things in our lives that tend to move us with the normal flow. So how do we do this? Well, I think all of us can think of, you know, kind of what's the usual answer in Christianity. We can read the Bible, right? We can pray, we can worship, we can gather together with His people. We know these things. We can serve. We can serve others. Those are all good ways. Life-giving? And if you don't find them life-giving, do you know why? There are other ways. You might have heard some of them. There's prayer ministry like Sozo, right? There's spiritual friends, spiritual direction. There's practices that we can do like fasting and solitude and pilgrimage. You know, I know of a group of women that every week they walk, but when they walk, they incorporate a devotion into that walk, like a spiritual practice every week. So these are some examples of things we can do to seek out the narrow gate and the hard road that leads out into life. And what I want to say is if, if 2018 is going to be a year of spiritual growth and transformation, it's more likely to happen if we first decide that we want it to happen. I never say it's only going to happen that way because God's a great God who is merciful. But if, if we decide we want it to happen, it's more likely to happen than if we just say, eh, I don't care, right? But I don't think the answer is just let's add one more thing to our already busy lives. To move forward, it's possible that we're going to have to modify our current patterns. Now we have a tradition here on the first Sunday of the year to nail pieces of paper to the cross. And we're going to do that at the end of the service. And I'll explain how that's going to happen uh, when we get to that point. But right now we're going to share communion together. So I'm going to invite communion helpers to come forward. Okay, um, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Becky. Kevin's my brother-in-law. And um, he's invited me to um, extend the invitation for communion this morning. And um, as we come together in the beginning of 2018, I better put on my glasses. Do the next slide, please. We have the opportunity to, to as an application, um, to the things that Kevin spoke about this morning, to choose again the narrow road. 
Jesus is the one who makes it possible to choose the narrow way. His life, death, and resurrection overcome the power of the enemy and our own tendency toward waywardness, our own tendency to move to that broad road. Jesus invites us to believe in his power to save us from all that separates us from his love. So we have such an opportunity before us now in the bread and in the juice of communion. Through these simple elements, the people of God throughout the ages have said yes again and again to the narrow road to Jesus, who is, a, who is the way. We say yes to his plans, his ways, his love, and his affection. So today, and um, I've talked to a couple different people that are here today that um, for whom this is not maybe their home church or their um, tradition in worshiping Jesus, though they are Jesus followers. So today we invite all who are seeking God, all who want to choose the narrow way to come to the communion table. You are welcome and you are wanted. Christ himself awaits you here. So I'm going to do a little practice. We're going to do a practice with our imagination. And, and through that practice, by way of that practice, um, I believe that you will find yourselves up here at the communion table. So that's the idea. Let me explain how it's going to go. First, hear Jesus' invitation to the church in Laodicea, and it's recorded in Scripture in Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. So today, Jesus speaks these words to each one of us. As I read the scripture again, I invite you to close your eyes and listen for the tone of his voice. Hear the you as you. Imagine yourself opening the door for Jesus. This is not about fear. It's not about past disappointments or a current state of sin and stumbling. This is about Jesus' warm smile and total embrace of you as his child. So I invite you now to close your, eyes, close your eyes, and I will read this passage again. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Imagine yourself opening the door for Jesus. When you have done that, I invite you to stand up and come up to the communion table where we will have communion together as a whole community gathered up here. Okay, so it's not going to be, we're not going to be in a circle, we're not going to be in a line, it's going to look like a clump. We are going to be a clump of people, a community that will take the bread and juice together, celebrating that Jesus does come in just as he promised. The road is narrow, but we are not alone on it. He's given us each other as we travel the road 
and share a meal now with him. So I invite all of you who have opened the door to him to come forward. This is the family of God. Um, and oh, if anybody is um, needs some gluten-free, I have a cracker here. So we will offer um, bread and wine. And I would like you please to all stay uh, up front and we'll just sit down and be dismissed together because I want us to linger in, um, in each other's company and in the company of Jesus. Um, take a look at each other. You can close your eyes if you want a totally private experience, but we are one body, and together we share on the narrow road. So what we're going to do to finish the service this morning is take a few minutes in silence to reflect and to listen. So I'm going to give you each one of these cards. It's just got a picture if you go back to the... That one there, she's got a picture of that gate. And on the back side of that card is where you'll be able to write down kind of whatever you hear the Lord speaking. And, you know, we believe in this place that if you take a minute to just quiet yourself before God, to kind of be still and know that God is present, He'll speak something. And so whatever He speaks to you, just write it down on that piece of paper. It, this may be something that he's impressing that, you know, this needs to stop this year. This is too much. Maybe there's too much time spent in this. I don't know what it would be. It could be something that he wants to, wants you to give up. Or, it could be something that he wants you to take on, a practice, a new initiative, a step forward. I don't know what he's going to speak. He has freedom to speak however he wants, and he speaks in a lot of different ways. But after you've just taken time to just be silent and write down what you hear, and I encourage you not to analyze, like whatever thought comes into your head, yeah, you can test it, but don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Well, that's probably not from God, because it probably is from God. Write it down, and then we're going to go kind of in a line over to the cross, and there's a box of nails there and a couple of hammers. And you're just going to take a nail and you're going to nail it. You're not going to fold this. You're just going to put what you've written up against the cross and you're going to nail it. So the cross will be covered with these cards when we're done. And we leave these up until Easter. We go through an all-church fast here in the, in the spring. And then I think around Easter time is when they tend to come down. So that's the instructions. Um, I'm going to pass out the cards or the cards are going to be passed out. I'm going to allow for some time. So I don't want you to immediately hop up and start hammering because it's probably a little bit hard to concentrate when there's a lot of hammering going on. But after a few minutes, I'll look, and if it looks like it's time to, to allow that to happen, then as you want, kind of get up, go over to the cross, nail it there. Um, we've got folks available here in the church to pray with you. So if God raises something that 
you know, wow, I, I would like somebody to pray with me about that. I'd like to get a second opinion. I'd just like to have somebody affirm what I think I heard. Take, take advantage of those folks that will be up front that you can pray with. Um, those of you that have kids in children's church, you can linger for a little bit, but you know, don't linger too long. Go grab those guys, and then we'll see you all again next week. So that's any questions about what we're going to do. Pretty straightforward. Okay. If I could get somebody to help pass these around, maybe two other people. So I get down that corridor there, middle, and there. And then there's pins. I don't guarantee that they write, but.
Okay, you're uh, released to come to the cross. As you wish. Joy safe in you alone. Voices worship and adore. For our God defends us from the storm. Our God defends us from the storm. You are
Sorry.